0: Welcome to the Nourished and Free Podcast. I'm your host, Michelle Yates, a registered dietitian, and this is where we talk all things intuitive eating, body image, and really just how to create a healthy relationship with food. Today is a topic that has been on my lineup since the dawn of time. Just kidding. But I knew this was something that I was going to talk about on this podcast because it's so popular and I get asked about it so much, which is the ketogenic diet. What you'll hear me say about this is that, first of all, I've done this before, so you'll hear a little bit about my story. Um, You're also going to hear a lot about the dangers and risks that come with it and why it exists in the first place. What is the reason that this thing is around, and what is it truly used for, and when is it truly helpful? You'll also hear me say that there's the traditional ketogenic diet, the medical one, and then there's also just kind of this rebirthed Atkins diet. We have so much ground to cover. When is it appropriate to use for diabetes, PCOS, whatever? I have all of your questions answered, and if I didn't make it to your question, be sure you send me an email and let me know. More information to come. Let's get started. Oh man, to say I'm excited to talk about this is a huge understatement because I am asked about keto all the time. People also love to tell me how great it is and how I'm wrong about it, and I've even done it myself. So a lot of people don't know this about me, but in college, I actually did the keto diet. I think I was a junior, and the reason I did it is because this was about the time that it was starting to become more popular And I wanted to have firsthand experience because I knew this is something people are going to ask me about a lot in the future of my career. So not only do I want to have a scientific understanding of it, I also want to have a personal experience with it. You know, I kind of wanted to come into it with as much um, knowledge and data as possible for when people would ask me about it. It's easy to look at research and hear what other people say about certain diets and just say, oh, it's um, risky for X, Y, and Z reasons or not helpful or whatever. But to have actually done it and then add the research into that as well just makes the opinion that much more valuable, at least I thought. So I decided to do it in college and I will say this diet, I did it for... (laughs) gosh, I think about three months. Maybe I could be wrong. Um, We might have to check with my roommate on that one, but I did it for about three months and I actually kind of enjoyed it at first. Uh, First of all, I really enjoyed that I was able to eat more of those fatty foods like peanut butter and oils and butters and bacon and stuff like that. This was special for me because I actually at the time still had a lot of my own food rules about what I could and couldn't eat. And so to shift my diet completely into a different state where suddenly foods that I didn't really allow myself to have very often, now I was having every day, that was really exciting for me. And I think that a lot of people feel that same way when they do the keto diet. And I did feel like it took, you know, time, of course, for all the carbohydrates to process through my body and for the ketones to start to take over. Um, I did feel like when I was truly in that physiological state of ketosis, which I'll talk more about, how difficult it is to maintain that. When I really felt like I was in that state, and I actually didn't do the urine test strips or anything, I felt pretty good. I felt like my, um, I felt like my appetite was suppressed for a really long amount of time, which was really actually helpful for me at the time. Junior year of college was a really brutal year for my dietetics program. Any of (laughs) my fellow students who are listening to this will attest to that. So we would be in class from 8 a.m. to 5 p.m., All day long. Like we were sitting in a classroom that entire time, which is kind of rare for college. Usually you have breaks or your, you know, your schedule is broken up into different, you know, blocks. But for us on Tuesdays and Thursdays, we were there the entire day. So that actually worked out really, really well for me to have a suppressed appetite throughout the day. Was it healthy? Probably not, and I'll talk more about that. But that's why I kind of enjoyed it for a little bit. But then what ended up happening (laughs) was I I think it was Thanksgiving. I went home, and obviously, I wasn't going to follow the keto diet when I was home for Thanksgiving. My now husband was also, um, that's when I would see him. We did long distance for four years, so I didn't want to be eating a special diet when I was, you know, visiting my sweetheart. So and then obviously having a fun holiday meal with family. So I didn't do it while I was there. Obviously that knocked me out of ketosis. And then after that, it was really difficult for me to get back into it. I, um, between the time frame of Thanksgiving and Christmas, I attempted to get back into it, but never really was able to get fully there. And then obviously Christmas came around and it was just like, well, there's no point in continuing this. So that was my experiment and, and it. You know, obviously, by the end of three, four, five months, I had decided okay, maybe there's some perks to this from a subjective standpoint, but it was unsustainable even for me. And I felt like I was a really disciplined person. Now, something I want to mention is that I wasn't necessarily trying to do this to lose weight. Like I said, it was experimental. And I also have PCOS and I was kind of hearing some mutterings that maybe it would be beneficial for that. And so there was a little bit of that motivation as well. Most of the time when I hear about this, it's for weight loss. <laughs> and um, there's the traditional ketogenic diet, which is actually not about weight loss at all. It's designed for epilepsy. There's certain parameters that you're actually having 90% of your dietary intake from fat And most people use it for weight loss now. It's kind of just become this new, it's like the Atkins diet has been rebirthed and people aren't necessarily trying to meet 70 or sorry, 90% of their dietary intake through fat. They're just trying to eat low carb. And so it really is just Atkins all over again. And they're using this as a method for weight loss. When I did the keto diet, I was not using it for that. Um, And I think I stayed under 15 grams of carbs a day. I did not lose any weight, so that's something notable as well, is that for something that it's used for, I didn't personally experience that. However, a lot of people do initially with the keto diet. It's almost expected that people will lose weight with the keto diet, and so I'll talk more about that. Um, We really do see weight loss with the keto diet. However the weight comes back and cons really outweigh the pros here because there's a lot of risks involved as well with following a diet like this. So, I've got a lot to unpack. I wanted to tell my story a little bit so that you guys could hear my own personal experience, but let's let me put my dietitian hat on and we're going to really get into the nitty-gritty of the science behind all this. You really can't talk about the keto diet without describing what ketosis is and what ketones are. So, With that being said, it's going to get a little bit sciencey at points here, but I'll make it as easy and digestible to understand as I can, no pun intended. So what even is the keto diet, right? I've mentioned low carbohydrate, high fat. I want to outline and kind of clarify that the ketogenic diet at its most uh, traditional sense is actually used for epilepsy, which I mentioned before. So It was introduced in the 1920s as a potential treatment for epilepsy alongside of the epileptic medications and everything. And so, you know, obviously that was over 100 years ago. At this point, that's still our best use for it is helping not just anybody with epilepsy, but specifically children and adolescents. That is the main reason this diet exists is to help reduce the seizures with epilepsy. Most people, when they say they're on the keto diet, are actually not doing it correctly. In the traditional sense, like if a doctor prescribes this medically for epilepsy, 90% of our energy intake has to be from dietary fat. And then the rest of the 10% is a mixture of mostly protein with a tiny bit of carbohydrates. The carbohydrates are no more than 15 grams a day, which is literally an apple. (laughs) So today, when people are doing the keto diet, they're not really worried about how much fat they have in their diet. They're just trying to stay low carb. And so what this really has turned into is just a rebirth of the Atkins diet. I don't know if you guys remember that. That was in the 90s, um, early 2000s. Really, the Atkins diet was... The keto diet being rebirthed into the Atkins, and now we've rebirthed the Atkins back into the keto diet, and we're just using it as a weight loss uh, method, right? Cut your carbs, lose weight. Uh, Apparently carbs are bad. It's just a good idea to not have carbs, whatever. So uh, it's not really being followed correctly, and people just say that they're doing the keto diet because that's the thing to say right now. The idea of both the traditional medical ketogenic diet and then you know, the modernized version is to lower carbohydrates, of course. That way we're inducing something called ketosis. Okay, so um, ketosis is, it's not a band, (laughs) it's not a Netflix show or the Instagram handle of an influencer, maybe it is, I don't know. But ketosis, it's a physiological state where the body is burning fatty acids for fuel rather than using its typical source of glucose. Now, of course, glucose is typically coming from carbohydrates. Um, Ketosis is induced usually when a person has had a really low intake of carbohydrates for a long period of time. So the body is getting the message that, hey, I'm not getting this nutrient that I need in order to make glucose, which is my main energy source. So I'm going to tap into this other mechanism that I have and break down fatty acids into ketones and induce the state of ketosis really as a survival mechanism. Right. So this is like, man, our bodies are so intelligently designed to stay alive. This is one of the things that it does to keep us alive for as long as possible. It doesn't mean that it's ideal. Right. It doesn't mean that it's good for us but it does exist just to, you know, keep us alive in a starving desert. So um, ketosis is really your body's way of attempting to survive during starvation. And it starts two different metabolic processes. Okay. The fancy names of these, which you do not need to know, and you can just drop this out of your brain the second I say them, but the fancy names are gluconeogenesis and ketogenesis. So if we take the root word genesis there and translate it, we see that it means formation. So breaking down those words, we can see that these two processes describe forming glucose and forming ketones, gluconeogenesis and ketogenesis. Now you don't ever need to remember that again, but (laughs) it's there if you want it. Usually glucose, like I said, it's the result of breaking down carbohydrates, but if needed, the body can also create glucose from lactate, glycerol, and a couple of different amino acids. So that's why gluconeogenesis exists is because if we don't have carbohydrates coming in, we need to create them from somewhere else. So what are ketones then, right? Ketosis is that physiological state and ketones are actually a specific molecule that's made in the body and are used for energy. And so we would naturally have a lot of these if we were in a state of ketosis, as I said, this is only when needed. It's not the body's preferred method of using energy. This is not how we're initially designed to process food and, and get energy. It's a backup mechanism. Ketones, they, they come from fatty acids and they're made in the liver. So if you've heard of the keto diet, right, you've likely heard of the urine sticks. And these are used to measure ketone counts. So we can actually see in dehydrated urine um, how much ketones are present. In the body. So, this is how people, if they're really hardcore about this, they monitor themselves to know if they're truly in ketosis. Because if you don't have a lot of ketone bodies, you're not in ketosis, or if you don't have any at all. you could stop thinking about food 24/7. Does it feel like your life is passing you by as you spend all your time focusing on the next diet, the next weight loss scheme, or the latest health trend? I developed my 16-week mastermind program specifically for the woman who's ready to reclaim her time, energy, and money that was all wasted as she pursued dead ends that were sold to her by diet culture. In this program, you will be with a group of like-minded women receiving coaching from me on a daily basis so that you can make memories instead of letting them pass you by. For more info and to apply, visit yatesnutrition.com slash mastermind. Okay, so why is it that every time you see a coworker, a family member, a friend, whoever following the keto diet, why is it that they lose weight, right? Well, initially, weight is going to be lost most in most cases because of the calorie restriction and water loss that is true of this diet. So at the end of the day, no matter how you spin it, right, keto, when used for weight loss, is about calorie restriction, Fat and protein, they're both pretty filling. And if you're eliminating one of only three macronutrients, there is literally only three macronutrients that make up the food we eat every day, protein, carbohydrates, and fat. We're taking out one of those, right? That is a huge amount of food that you're no longer eating. So it's natural that you're not going to be eating as much, especially if you are uh, feeling more full. Additionally, when you have a small amount of carbohydrates, this is true of any low carbohydrate uh, diet. This causes a shift in our cells in the body. Water actually moves out of the cells and is eliminated. So that's why people lose five pounds in one week, (laughs) right? And then you see their Facebook post. It's just water weight. They're losing water because of the natural metabolic process that's happening. So yes, initially we can expect to see weight loss with the keto diet. However, the weight comes back eventually. And this is because of three different reasons. Number one, the diet's just really difficult to follow, right? Like I just said, you're cutting out one of the main three macronutrients, right? So this is hard. Two, the metabolism actually slows down to accommodate for a lower intake of energy. And three, the body will drive an individual to work towards carbs, right? When we don't have enough, again, this is our preferred fuel source. So if we don't have enough, the body is literally going to beg you to fail this diet. (laughs) As we should know by now, right? 95% of dieters will regain the weight within one to five years. In fact, dieting is one of the strongest predictors of weight gain. The keto diet is no exception to this. Just because people talk about how sciencey it is and how Um, it's all about the ketones or whatever. It's no exception. It still falls in that category of, yeah, 95% of you will regain the weight within one to five years. Okay. This is why when people say, you don't know what you're talking about. I've been on keto for six months and I've lost this much weight and it's taught me really amazing behaviors or whatever. I just like tune them out because (laughs) I don't want to discount people's experiences, but unless you've been doing it for five plus years and you can say, yes, I've been following it perfectly to a T. I have no issues with my health. Everything is great. I'm so glad I did this. Then honestly, I'm just not really going to listen because I have a lot of research behind my opinion. So I want to get into the, and I can't help but smile right now because (laughs) I do have a lot of naysayers who would love to tell me how wrong I am, but everything I'm telling you guys is from research. You can go to my blog, com slash blog, and go to the uh, the, uh, podcast notes about this. And I have source after source after source listed. Okay. So if you really do want to see the research behind this for yourself and put your own eyes on it, I've got it for you. Um, but I've got lots of, I guess, myth busting to do and um, some dangers to highlight that I want everybody to be aware of, whether you're doing this or or not. So I want to talk about the side effects that we see with followers of the keto diet Uh, side effects slash dangers, I guess, of what can happen here. So someone who's following the keto diet, especially if they're doing it loosely, right? They're not doing the medically, uh, prescribed version. They're just doing low carb in general. If they're not spending a lot of time investigating where the gaps in their nutrition are right. And how to fill those, they might find themselves in the hospital. I'm not kidding. Followers of this diet. They may experience extreme and dangerous electrolyte shifts, Uh, They can have fluid loss, you know, like to an extreme amount, dizziness and lightheadedness, um, which of course, if they pass out, then they can be in the hospital because they may, you know, put themselves in danger there. And then malnutrition. Other side effects of the keto diet is gastrointestinal disturbances, constipation, kidney stones. Nobody wants that. Bone fractures and dyslipidemia, which is basically just that means your cholesterol is out of whack and then also micronutrient deficiencies. So. A lot of times, you know, I think if people are searching on Google, they're probably saying like, are keto diets healthy? Mm, Interesting question. So I would lean more towards no, because keto can actually raise our LDL cholesterol levels. And those are the, that's the cholesterol that is associated with cardiovascular events, right? So if you have a history of heart disease in your family, this is probably not a good idea for you. And it lacks dietary fiber. When we take out Carbohydrates as a whole, we're leaving out the huge sources of fiber in our diet, right? Which is grains and beans, and most fruit um, is not allowed on the keto diet. So, if you're not having fiber, this is a really key nutrient needed for the body to function well and actually for managing those LDLs that may be rising, right? So, fiber can help to reduce LDLs, increase our HDLs, which is our healthy cholesterol. And if we're knocking fiber out, then that's you know we're not, we don't have any management of that cholesterol. Also, if we don't have fiber, of course we're going to have constipation. Then, right? This is a really almost expected side effect with the keto diet. It's very very difficult. It's not impossible, but it's very difficult to get as much fiber as we need while following this diet. Not everybody, you know, to stay on the topic of LDLs. Not everyone who follows a keto diet will see this rise, right, or, or have a problem with their cholesterol, but it takes some serious effort to not let that happen. Just like with getting enough fiber in, it takes a lot of investigation, a lot of um, time and energy put into, I need to make sure that this doesn't happen. Again, just kind of adding on to the pile of evidence that this is, that this is a little unrealistic. There are some reports as well that low carb diets, high in animal proteins and fats, they're actually associated with a two-fold risk of type two diabetes. Now this study was in men only, so I, I can't say the same for women, but I mean, that's kind of scary. And I believe that study was like a 20 year study too. So that's pretty legit. And then lastly, um, in terms of like, is this healthy, right? There's also a report of keto diets. Decreasing exercise performance, which I think, as we all know, exercise is a really important part of our health. And if we're not able to exercise as well or at all because we're following a specific diet, then is it really a healthy diet for us? Something I mentioned, which is kind of scary, is that keto diets are associated with actually a high risk of kidney stones. And I remember in college, I was taking a a clinical nutrition course. And again, this was around the time that the keto diet was gaining in popularity. My professor said that well, she, I think somebody asked her about it and she said, Oh, we're going to see people in the hospital for kidney stones because of this. That's exactly what I saw when I worked in the nineties and Atkins diet was popular. She was working in the hospital and a lot of people that followed that diet ended up in the hospital (laughs) for kidney stones and she said, that's exactly what's going to happen with this. And sure enough, we're seeing that the keto diet is associated with a high risk of kidney stones um, from the kidney dietitian. Her name is Melanie Betts. Um, she, I'm just quoting her. She says, there's reasons why we think this happens. Essentially, a keto diet is lacking in all the good things that prevent ke- kidney stones and has too much of the stuff that causes them. In addition, a keto diet can be harmful for people who have chronic kidney disease because of too much protein. High protein diets cause kidney disease to progress faster. And as I mentioned before, traditionally the keto diet, if we're doing it right, it's actually not that high in protein, but this popularized version of just eating low carb in general is high in protein. So it can make chronic kidney disease worse. On the topic of chronic diseases, I also hear the keto diet being used for diabetes a lot. And so a natural question is, can this reverse diabetes? If I go on keto and I'm suffering from, and I am talking about type 2 diabetes, will my diabetes be reversed? So interesting uh, answer there. Lots to unpack. Yes and no. Okay. Diabetes is a disease where carbohydrates are not processed well. So to say that keto reverses type 2 diabetes is a bit like saying that glasses can reverse poor eyesight. While the glasses are in use, right, the eyesight is certainly not an issue. But once we take the glasses off, we see that they, they didn't cure the eyesight issues, right? Once, they're go- once we take them off, the eyes are still going to see poorly, This is how I feel about saying that keto can reverse diabetes. If we're just taking carbohydrates out of the diet, then duh, diabetes isn't going to be as much of an issue. But it has such a high failure rate like any other diet that I wouldn't recommend this for somebody with diabetes because you have to be strict about adhering to it. And it's not the only option that people have um intuitive eating is shown to be helpful for diabetes and there's ways that we can just make sure we're pairing carbohydrates with the right kinds of foods so that our body is processing them well we don't have to cut them out completely right and when we do have a really restrictive diet like that it can lead us into that binge eating and like i said it's a strong predictor for weight gain and then we can also feel a lot of stress about that these are all things that can worsen diabetes so I really don't recommend this for people with diabetes. Um, With that being said, if we are really strict about it, right, which is unlikely, (laughs) but if somebody can strictly adhere to this, it has been shown to aid in blood sugar control without negatively impacting cholesterol. So that's, you know, one source, but it's like I said, it's not the only option, right? And it has to be both realistic and manageable for that person. Interestingly, I do want to note that there uh, was a study done on animals and humans, and the animals were actually shown to have an increased fat accumulation in the liver and increased insulin resistance when they followed the keto diet. Granted, those were animals, not the humans, but I think it's worth noting nonetheless. And for all the ladies out there who are also struggling with PCOS, uh, such as myself, we know that we're at a higher risk for developing type 2 diabetes. And so keto has also been, you know, suggested to be a great solution for those of us with PCOS. Um, However, the literature that uses the keto diet for PCOS, there are studies that show that it helps with PCOS symptoms, but In those studies, they also had results of weight loss. Now, I am not under the camp of thinking that weight loss is the cure-all for PCOS. I think that women hear that way too often, and it's just not helpful. I also don't think that being, quote-unquote, overweight, which is a term that I hate, I don't think that's the reason that PCOS exists it's an incredibly complex syndrome. It's largely misunderstood still. And there's a lot of women who struggle with it that are medically at that normal weight category on a BMI chart. So to say that weight is the problem and the solution, that doesn't make any sense to me. Um, But with these studies that show that the keto diet is helpful for PCOS symptoms, they all had weight loss in the uh, results as well. So The question is, was it really the diet or was it the weight loss that helped improve the PCOS symptoms? I don't know. And the problem, as we know, is that the weight is likely to come back, right? Dieting can lead to binge eating, disordered eating, and and stress, and, and the weight cycling and all of those things are not helpful for PCOS. So that's why I really don't recommend the keto diet for women, because the studies that we do have that seem to show that it's helpful... I'm reading between the lines on that, and I'm seeing that, okay, maybe we don't have, you know, an isolated enough study to show that independent of weight loss, this diet helped, right? And we haven't seen like a really long-term study on that either. So is it sustainable? Is it realistic? That's what PCOS afflicted uh, women really need is something that's sustainable, right? So I covered a lot of ground here, and there's still even more that I could say about this. And I do have a little bit more information about the keto diet and blood pressure and just a few other things that is in the blog post about this episode. So if you go to yatesnutrition.comslash slash blog and then find the post about this episode, then you'll see a couple of other things that I included in there. If you've made it this far, my hope is that I've talked you out of the, doing the ketogenic diet, <laughs> right? Unless... You're a child or adolescent that struggles with epilepsy. And if that is the case, the ketogenic diet won't be a complete burden on you and your family. If it will, then I don't even recommend it for children with epilepsy. Keto can lead to a number of side effects like kidney stones, disordered eating, nutrient deficiencies, weight loss, then regain. And honestly, just a poor quality of life among all the other things that I talked about. So do I recommend it? No, I don't think that we're surprised to hear me say that, <laughs> but obviously at the end of the day, every choice is yours. So if you want to make that choice to try something out because they're, you know, you want to lose the weight quickly and you know, there's a really high chance it will come back. Then at least you're fully educated about it. Right. And you're going into it, knowing the risks and, and the potential benefits, even though they are few, if you don't want to do the keto diet, but you struggle with binge eating, right? Because a lot of times what I see is that people do keto and then because it's so highly restrictive, they end up binging and then they can't really get back on the horse. If you're struggling with that, please visit uh, my website and learn more about my group coaching mastermind. It's literally made for you. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. I appreciate you so much. And I would love it if you would show your appreciation as well by leaving me a review. If you have a specific topic that you'd like me to cover in the future or a question that I can answer in a future episode, go ahead and send me an email at michelle at yatesnutrition.com with your request, and I'll be sure to add it to my lineup. And if you're interested in working with me in any capacity, I would absolutely love to work with you. Take a peek at my website, yatesnutrition.com and poke around, see what I offer. You can also fill out a request form through that website and I will get back to you within 24 hours about next steps based on what I think is the best fit for you.